0: hi it's emily and we've got your well-being in mind through the series we'll be sharing top tips and practical tools to support your mental health and i'm Ange,
1: and we will be demystifying the topic of mental health asking all those questions you need to know to progress your journey to better well-being Hi and welcome again to Your Wellbeing In Mind. I hope everybody's safe and well out there and real big thanks for continuing to follow us on our journey um, and hope you enjoyed Non-Striving, which was episode four of series one. Um, So Emily,
0: what's our topic for today? What are we going to be covering today? Well, today is all about trust. So trust can be really difficult at times, obviously, for people that have been hurt in the past. And we all may have may have encountered times when we've been uncertain or unsure and we've really never been taught how to trust. So mindfulness really just takes us back to the basics of trust and just looks at how we can just build that up and build up that confidence in trusting ourselves.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. That would be great to hear.
0: So with trust as a mindful principle, we're really just breaking it down into areas that we can be certain about. So often the mind can play tricks with us, can't it? With all that brain chatter and negative thinking. But when we break it down moment by moment, we can look for evidence of things that we can trust. And the brain loves evidence. So for instance, we can even think about whether we can trust our breath to flow in the moment. Like normally we don't really question that. Uh, We don't have to think about it consciously, it just happens. And we can think about whether we can trust our body to function in the moment. So again, we don't have to think about making our heart beat or our hair grow, it just happens. So what we're looking for is this evidence that there are things that we can trust. And then if you want to go even deeper, looking for evidence, you know, there's so much evidence in nature, the seasons change, the sun comes up every day, then it sets, then it gets dark and then the moon and stars come out. So we never really question these things. And often when we're kind of worried about is there anything we can trust, we can look for that evidence and then that makes it a lot easier. So the difficulty comes when it's things that we feel. So when we can see things and we've got concrete evidence, it makes it much easier. But when it's things that we feel, such as emotions, we can obviously become a bit suspicious and wary because we're like, you know, what am I actually feeling here? What's going on? So all we're trying to do with mindfulness is just gain an awareness of that and then maybe question why it might be so. We're always coming back to the facts, come back to the moment, come back to letting go of judgment and allowing things to be as they are. So this is where we start to build on the previous principles of just coming back to that beginner's mind, you know, just what's going on here and then just letting go of that judgment, letting go of the striving, just allowing things to be. And that's really how we cultivate trust.
1: That's really interesting. Thank you. As always, I've got a few questions to ask, which perhaps some of our podcast listeners might also want to ask. So yeah, just going back to last week, I found non-striving quite a hard mindfulness practice to master, as I felt like I was having to undo striving habits that have been developed over a lifetime. But trust um, feels a little bit more comfortable to me Uh, well most of the time anyway Um, I think I'm quite an intuitive person and I can usually trust my own instincts and I've got a good gut feel for things and I'm quite good at gauging other people uh, well and tuning into their emotions but it's especially when I'm in a relaxed situation and when things are going well for me But then when I'm under pressure or maybe working with someone in greater authority where there's a a clash of personalities or maybe I'm in a group of people who think or say something differently to me, that's where I end up sort of losing trust in myself. So what's the best way to sort of overcome that type of self-doubt and gain trust um, in myself to deal with those sorts of situations, perhaps in a more positive, mindful way?
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it's amazing because you're so emotionally intelligent. So, you know, those times when you're feeling that kind of lack of trust coming in. And sometimes the reason we can lose trust in ourselves is because we feel scared of other people's opinion or scared of rejection. And that's like a natural human instinct because we want to belong and we actually need it for our survival. So anything that can hinder that really causes us to feel scared or distracted we might end up changing what we say in order to be accepted so that's where that pleasing others comes in and things like that so when we feel scared and i know we touched on this in the first episode but our prefrontal cortex doesn't function properly so that's the front part of our brain that does all the analytical logical thinking so that helps us to really just get a perspective and kind of look at things from an opposite point of view but when we're scared it's our amygdala that takes over and we go into fight flight or freeze so that makes it even harder to concentrate make rational decisions and obviously sometimes then we don't feel as confident So once we've got the awareness that it's just brain chemicals and they're signalling to us that we need to be on high alert. So we know we can overcome that. We've discussed that, you know, doing the deep breathing, doing your beginner's mind, coming into the moment and not being judgmental can really help to just override that. But it's like just kind of recognising, oh, my gosh, it's just these brain chemicals. You know, I can get through these. So. Generally, if we're being mindful, if we're not being mindful, sorry, we start to become a bit paranoid and we might overanalyze. And sometimes we start predicting what people are going to say. Like we have conversations in our heads, imagining what people are going to say. So it's that fear or fear of rejection that starts to come in. And then it's a bit of a vicious cycle. So the key is to come back to that beginner's mind and non-judgment. So we can start thinking, you know, are there any other possibilities? Is there anything about this situation I'm not aware of? And instead of kind of focusing on, oh gosh, you know, I don't know the answers and that person might be more qualified or experienced than me. We can just start to observe it a bit more. So with mindfulness, we're becoming a bit more um, observational. We're kind of standing back from the situation a bit more. And we're just thinking, well, what can I learn from this? You know, what am I observing in myself? How am I feeling in my body? How can I show curiosity to this moment? So again, like, oh, I wonder what this is about. And how can I trust this moment to unfold as it should be? If we don't do this, we're back into that striving, aren't we? So we're trying to look at things, you know, from a way of like, oh, I don't want to look silly or I don't want to look unqualified. But then we're trying to strive for some outcome and really that's an ego way of thinking and I don't know if you've done much on the ego but ego is always fear-based and really it's kind of obsessed with what others think or say so we're in a really negative state of being and by being curious again you know that kind of childlike wonder it kind of overrides the ego and that's when we can start to trust again we remember that we never really have all the answers and that's okay. And even the greatest gurus are like still searching for knowledge, you know? So it's trying to see everything as a process and a journey rather than like a finish line. And I love what you've said previously about we're all a work in progress, you know? So it's having that curiosity. And then if you feel that uh, apprehension coming on, it's kind of recognizing, oh, here we go again. It's just the amygdala kicking in. And no one can override it if I stay calm, mindful and curious. So bringing in that kind of observation. And then also forgiving yourself is really important. And I know that's something we're going to be coming on to. But, you know, we're all humans just trying to get through life, aren't we? So we're all doing the best we can and having an awareness that these emotions, you know, might come up, but we can manage them. That's really, really key. And that's really where mindfulness helps us. Thank you. I like the idea of sort
1: of that understanding of the chemicals of the brain, Mm. but also, you know, the the key thing being to sort of pay attention to your own feelings and your intuition and don't discount them too soon or to write yourself off too quickly, uh, which sounds really worth thinking about, you know, when you're in that situation where you're sort of questioning yourself or not trusting yourself. So here's the thing I wanted to ask. What happens to trust when you yourself make a big mistake or take a massive wrong turn in your life? How do you recover trust
0: in yourself then? Yeah, and that is a really hard one because we don't know what we haven't been taught, do we? And we all make mistakes. So that's when we can learn to trust. So what we don't want gets us closer to what we do want. And that's you know, a phrase that we don't often hear, but every time we make a mistake, we can then learn from it. So hopefully we won't do it again. But if a similar situation presents itself in the future, it's no longer a mistake, it becomes a choice, because you actually have the prior knowledge. So that's where awareness is so important, because we can then navigate life. So we're not thinking oh here we go another mistake it's like right I've done this before I've got information about this I can learn from this and I can apply it but often people can go around in circles making the same mistakes again and they can blame everyone else for the situation and really they just need to learn the lesson and I know that can be hard to hear but it's about having this awareness and once you go through life in a state of awareness you start to question things and that's where you develop knowledge and then things won't happen again so i always think mistakes are part of the process and part of being human and no one's perfect you know we're trying to develop this kindness this compassion towards ourselves and letting go of judgment so i always see things as lessons and blessings So once you've learned the lesson, you get the blessing and that's to help you be a more mindful human, which is, you know, obviously going to always be a good thing. But if people go through life totally unaware or oblivious, then that's when they're going to repeat negative patterns. So the absolutely amazing thing is that we've all got a choice and we can choose to look at things from the positive and we can also look at what lessons we're being taught instead of focusing on the negatives and blaming everyone else around us and you know sometimes our biggest mistakes lead us to our greatest happiness and we just sometimes have to go through that pain barrier to get there
1: yeah definitely i think i can relate to that lessons and blessings is definitely the way forward Um, someone very close to me who I'm not going to name but they will recognize themselves regularly uses a well-worn phrase which is your heroes always let you down. So how does the mindfulness practice of trust help us deal with when you are badly let down by someone you admire or someone you look up to?
0: Yeah that's a really hard one isn't it and Um, You know, straight away I would kind of think that person's obviously maybe been through a negative experience or had a belief that they've been told. And you know, these beliefs and these phrases can really shape our whole um, experience of life and they can be throughout family history. You know, you might have family stories or family phrases that continue down the, the track. And so I think when we're looking up to people, it's kind of thinking about what are we actually admiring about them? And maybe it can be their strength or their confidence and their loyalty. So, you know, that's really something to aspire to. But also we have to remember that everyone's human and maybe we're expecting too much from them. So often we can see others as superhuman because, you know, they've got everything sorted and they can handle everything But everyone has their own challenges, so that's when we come back to beginner's mind and non-judgment and think, well, were there any other possibilities why that person acted that way? Or were there any other issues that we weren't aware of? And quite probably, yes. You know, there will always be things that you don't know about. So why are we striving for them to be perfect when we know deep down no one really is? So it's trying to let go of that perfection really. And often I say to clients that sometimes we need to lower our expectations and accept that no one is perfect and we all make mistakes. And again, that's something that's hard to hear because we want people to be perfect. We want ourselves to be perfect. But in lowering that expectation, you just let go of a lot of a lot of the striving. So you know, and no mistakes around trust can be really hard to forgive. So that's where we get stuck in a bit of this negative thinking, but it's about being kind to yourself as well. And sometimes forgiving yourself for feeling let down. And again, that's something we'll discuss in the later episode, but remembering, you know, we really do have everything we need inside. And if we can just become aware and let go of that judgment and the striving. And then it's about just trusting the journey. So as I said, when we're looking up to heroes, we're looking for something outside of ourselves that we wish we had. But we can cultivate that deep inside if we just have that awareness. That's brilliant. Thank you. I mean, one of the things I've sort of caught myself doing over the last few
1: podcasts that we've done together is sort of questioning in my own mind. Whether my experience of my mindfulness in, in inverted commas is normal. But what I'm beginning to see is that we are all experts of our own experiences to some extent, as long as we allow ourselves to trust in our own experience. Do, do you
0: agree? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that yeah. is it. And it's all about being the experts in ourselves and to understand who we are and what matters to us and why, and then who we resonate with. So once we understand ourselves, we can then surround ourselves with people that, you know, get us and we get them. And that really helps that sense of belonging. But in my opinion, and it is only my opinion, but um, not knowing ourselves is one of the biggest contributing factors to mental illness because we don't trust our own minds. And that is just the worst thing that we can go through because then we have confusion and doubt. And, you know, I honestly believe knowing yourself is the biggest turning point in life. And that's when you can see things through your own eyes and you stop judging others and you allow things to be as they are. So, you know, you really understand yourself and then you're curious about others like, oh, that's an interesting point of view. Or, you know, you're not taking it too personally because you know who you are. So, yeah, you're definitely on the right track there. Yeah. (laughs) And um, should we talk about the meditation that accompanies this uh, podcast? yeah so as with all the meditations uh we suggest doing it sitting down and we're talking through the body scan so relaxing the body from head to toe and there's a lot of pauses in between so there's some silence when we're doing the meditation. So that's just to try and give yourself opportunities to kind of be curious and observe what's going on so what we're trying to do with this time obviously is cultivate that trust so whether it's your breath your body or your mind there will be some element of yourself that you can trust. And then this is going to help build the confidence and trust in trusting yourself. And then hopefully you can apply it to other situations. Oh, brilliant.
1: I'm looking forward to uh, sharing that with the listeners. I've tried it myself and again, I've enjoyed doing it. And I think what I've begun begin to realise is that for the mindfulness meditation to really have a positive effect, I've got to actually trust in the mindfulness practice itself. Otherwise, it's not going to. And maybe, you know, some of our listeners out there um, might find it hard to try anything without evidence. And we've talked about evidence and its importance in, in trust. And I'm quite evidence based. So I like to sort of understand the facts around it. But it's, it's good that there are lots of studies about the positive effects of mindfulness and meditation to draw on now, isn't there? Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think initially, um, when we're trying these meditations, it could actually require us to take a bit of a leap of faith. But for me, just by sort of trying out the meditation and seeing if it worked um, was the first step. But the more I did try it, the more I was able to sort of trust that it will continue to have a positive impact, which is, is great and which is all about what this topic is about today.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And obviously, you were brand new to meditation, weren't you? So I was, that's you know, right. Really yeah, no. it And it's brilliant. that.
1: Yeah, and it's starting to become sort of a way of, uh, you know, relaxation for me and um, something that I do want to incorporate into my, my life on a regular basis. Brilliant, that's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what's the topic for next week's podcast, episode six? Yeah so next week we're talking about forgiveness so as we've kind of hinted towards it today it's a really important principle and it ties in quite well with trust so you know we don't if we don't forgive we can be stuck in the past and it makes it hard to you know look forward to the future so it's a really good one because it ties in everything that we've learned up to now and it helps us to move forward which is really really key.
1: Fantastic. I'm looking forward to that one. I mean, obviously anything worthwhile is going to need practice, isn't it? And um, we've all got to take responsibility for being ourselves to learn and to listen and to trust our own selves that it's going to work. Um, so yeah looking forward to uh, next week and as well as the podcast uh, sites that you've been able to find us on so far you can find all our podcasts on redshiftonline.org which is the home of community podcasting in Cheshire which is our our home base over in England because I think we've got a couple of uh, people listening to us now which are you know from different countries as well which is great
0: that's brilliant Mm -hmm. isn't it yeah it's
1: really good well looking forward to speaking to you again next
0: week Yep brilliant. yep brilliant look forward to it bye bye join him and Ange next time where we'll be sharing more top tips and
1: tackling those questions you need answering with your well-being in mind